Hi there and welcome to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'm Elaine Watts and my next guest is Louise Biriteri. Now Louise joins me from Pickle who offer specialist insurance for short-term rentals. Louise, how are you? Very warm welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm great, thank you. How are you? Great. I'm fine, thank you. And thanks so much for taking the time to come and talk to me as part of the virtual summit. It's, it's been a, a big event. There's a lot of people speaking and everyone watching is just bringing, just taking away some really interesting points. So it's great to speak to somebody in this industry and the insurance <laughs> side of things, just to get your perspective. So tell us a bit about you and your background and how you got started in this industry. So, I mean, uh, my, my background is um, insurance industry. Um, so I've been in the insurance industry my whole career. Um, so that's creeping towards 20 years. Um, so, <laughs> um, I, I've worked at lots of big, big insurance companies like um, Aviva, um, Gallagher's, Co-op, Sainsbury's, RAC. Um, and um, I come from sort of a pricing background. And uh, it was sort of back in 2015, uh, 2016, um, that I realised there was a gap in the market for short letting, uh, where there isn't sort of, you know, appropriate insurance um, to cover all of those risks, particularly the, the emerging risks with, with some of the platforms like Airbnb, Booking.com. Um, so um, I set up Pickle um, in order to fill that gap and be able to provide the right insurance to this market. Brilliant. Yes. And it's, it's very much needed. It can be a, an area that many people don't quite realize there can be so many different perspectives that you have to look from. And of course, those perspectives need to be insured. So what types of insurances will remain the same looking at the short stay industry from an insurance perspective around this odd, unusual time we find ourselves in? What should a host or accommodation provider always have in place in terms of insurance when anyone stays in their properties? Yeah, so so there's there's kind of um, four main insurances that this this market will um, be be looking at. There'll be your traditional travel insurance that your guests might want. Um, there'll be um, sort of cancel cancellation insurance, um, which could be you know if, if you have bookings bookings cancelled for some reason. Um, and then there'll be business interruption insurance, um, which will will happen if if there is a you know a, a big event that that might interrupt your business. Um, and then you've got host insurance, um, which um, effectively covers the property um, if there's um, any damage to the property or if the guest has some sort of injury or something whilst they're staying at the premises. Um, so those are the four main types of insurance. Um, and obviously some of those are very topical at the moment because, um, you know, the coronavirus pandemic um, has been a massive, massive um, interruption um, to the whole industry. Um, now, from Pickle's perspective, we just specialise in the host insurance. We might be doing something around the travel space and the cancellation space in the future, but at the moment, we just do uh, host insurance. Um, but business interruption is, is, is very topical at the moment. Um, it's not something that we insure currently, um, but I'm sure there's a lot of um, very mixed situations out there at the moment uh, where, where property managers will or will not have insurance that will cover a pandemic. Um, in the vast majority of cases, um, the business interruption insurances out there don't cover um, pandemic um, and so uh, there'll be a lot of people that won't be able to use those policies at the moment um, and I think there's a big question about whether that will need to change in the future because there's been a lot of outcry um, from from people about you know they believe that they should have been covered under those insurance policies um, yeah. so that's been a big topic of debate but for the other insurances, for, for host insurance, I think there's, there's probably very little that needs to change. Um, for travel insurance, I think it'll be interesting to see whether there'll be um, 
something that will come up to cover pandemics in the same way that uh, there was uh, when the Icelandic um, ash cloud happened. Um, so that, that wasn't in, in covered by most insurers, but they then started creating products so that you could add that on top if you wanted cover uh, for an ash cloud. So you might see a similar thing for pandemics. Um, and cancellations is a really interesting one. So I think that there probably should be uh, something for cancellations it's something we've been looking at um, but I'm not sure it will be in time to cover this particular pandemic yes so so what you've seen across the industry so far even if this is even if it's not something that you historically have covered what you've seen across the industry from a cancellation perspective is uh, and well business preservation perspective is that really though they haven't been covered and they haven't actually paid out to to help people through these times as insurance companies because pandemic wasn't necessarily listed under one of the reasons as to why that business might have had a break in service is is that correct well yes to some degree so so what happens with insurance is it it, it um, works really really well um, when there's a very infrequent um, but, but 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 kind of I suppose regular risk that might happen like a fire you know so so fires happen you know there'll be uh, something like one in a thousand properties will have a fire in it with a guest so that's something where it's regular enough that we know it's one in one thousand but infrequent enough um, that um, you know it's not going to happen to the average person yeah so so that makes it very very good for insurance because you know insurance is basically about getting a pool of people you know if that fire claim costs a thousand pounds if you can get a thousand people to put one pound in <laughs> then uh, you know it doesn't cost the mass very much um, but for that one person who's, who's got to have that that claim paid um, you know it's it's obviously a lot of money if they have to fork out for it on their own so that's that's where insurance works really well um, when it comes to things like pandemics um, and nuclear war for example that's another exclusion in, in most insurance policies um, then you know the cost of that is so great I mean we can see from all the government bailouts that are happening um, that you know even the insurance industry which is a very rich market with lots of very very big companies um, I don't think most of the market would survive if they had to pay out on all of the, the, the pandemic um, you know insurances at, at the moment and there's certainly a huge amount that is being paid out um, I think um, I, I read this morning that one insurer alone is paying out um, over 800 million just in event cancellations wow. so there's some very very big amounts of money being paid out but to cover it all all the effects we've seen of the pandemic so far would be just too much for the insurance industry and, right. and that's the sort of discussion that's going on in the market at the moment is how, how can we do that? People have an expectation that this sort of thing should be covered, um, but it needs to really be government backed. Um, so if you look at um, floods, um, so there's obviously a lot of um, properties across the country um, that uh, are very prone to flooding. Um, and it got to a point where it just wasn't an insurable risk. The insurance industry knew that those properties were going to flood so often that the, the cost of the premiums basically would have equaled the cost of the claims, um, which didn't help those people. Um, and so what happened was the government worked with the industry to put in, put, put in place something called flood re, and flood re has allowed um, those properties to become insurable again. And so there's a lot of talk at the moment in the insurance industry about creating a pandemic re, um, which would work in the same way. It would be partially government-backed, um, working with the insurance industry to make it an insurable risk. Got it. Okay, so that really lays out why or why not something might be insurable, and that might be something that people have not really had an insight into before, especially when you're in the middle of something like this and you're and you're the person that's not 
covered <laughs> it's yeah. it is obviously it's a very painful situation to find yourself yeah. in but now we can see it from the other side in that how could a, a, a something like a pandemic which essentially the the costs and the repercussions that would essentially be insured are not definable and therefore could just could just be infinite that yeah. becomes non-insurable so that's where the situation is that why would an insurance company possibly risk themselves in that way it makes sense when you describe it that way so thank you for spending the time to say that it's really really good to, to sort of talk that through and share that information okay so let's have a look at what the difference is between a whole home rental and a shared rental perspective so what are the differences with with the shared rental versus the whole home rental. So at the moment, the whole home rental moving forwards, I could see that that could be insured and continue along the routes. But based on the conversation that we've just had, will shared rentals potentially be an uninsurable risk moving forwards just from the person to person contact perspective? Is this, is, is the, the passing of a COVID, the COVID-19 bug something that is insurable or as we as hosts be able to protect ourselves against someone coming to our property and then saying, I got the COVID-19 from you, I'm claiming against you. Is this something that might occur? Um, so, so it could occur, but uh, but at the moment it's not insurable. So, um, so certainly with our host insurance, and I think it would be the same for for everybody in the market. Um, if um, that they would, we would not cover liability for um, a, you know a host's um, transmission of of, of coronavirus um, to a guest. Um, and I can't see that that's something that's going to become an insurable risk. It sits in that pandemic pot. Um, as well, um, you know. So I think there are there'll be there'll be some policies that would um, cover, um, you know, more um, usual um, infections. Um, I mean, so you, you you quite often will see in you know guest house policies or, or hotel policies that they'll cover things like Legionnaires' disease, um, where um, you know there's something that you, there are precautions that you can take to make sure that you don't get that um, into in, in your premises. Um, but I think something like COVID-19 um, or flu, it's it's so infectious um, that, um, and it's so hard, it's it's not really detectable. It's not it's not just about um, making sure that everything is cleaned well. It's it's it, you know it's a time and, and, and space at the moment that we're in in, in the in the world um, where it's a problem. So I don't see that as, as being an insurable risk. Um, so as far as the host insurance goes, um, it's it's really unchanged. Um, and I mean the the main differences between um, a shared uh, property being insured and a and a um, a, a whole whole property there's there's kind of plus and, and minus points on on both um so you know for example with a with a shared property um it's going to be you know better risk for insurers in some respect because the person's at you know the host might be at the property when the guests are there um guests are probably far less likely to cause malicious damage to a property um when a when a, when a guest is there um when the host is there um, but equally um, you know there, there are things like if the um, guest has uh, forgotten to turn the tap off um, then you know you're much more likely to catch that quickly um, if, if the host is at the premises than if it's yes. a, a, a property of its own so there are differences in, in, in risk uh, profile um, for those and, and that's kind of already taken into account in much of the underwriting and pricing that is done for those products um, and from our perspective that will remain unchanged um, by by the current situation um, but 
you know, I think we have to recognise that, that people are probably are going to be less wanting to stay in a shared property at this stage uh, than they are at a whole, whole ho at home just for social distancing. Yes, and I think that's probably uh, one of the reasons why hotels might well be the, the last to open up. I guess they're going to be sort of bundled in with the hotels. Everybody's too close together in a shared space. But yes, moving forwards, I think there, there's opportunity for us as hosts, as people will want to be able to come to a place like a holiday home where they are essentially separate from the outside world. And if we have put those the cleaning protocols in place, we've made sure everything is um, working from that perspective then there should be no reason why this isn't a very good opportunity for for our industry do you, do you would you say that yeah, I, I agree. Seeing? Mm. yeah absolutely i think that um uh, you know i think it's quite clear that we're probably going to be unable to go abroad uh, for our holidays this year um and i think that uh, that will mean that people will want to have a a, a holiday in the uk um, i think people are still going to want to holiday um particularly having been sort of shut inside uh, for for a number of months um, and i think our industry provides the perfect way to allow that to happen with social distancing um and i know that um people like uh, the short-term accommodation association and quality and tourism are working together to look at the right standards for cleaning um, and I think that's a really fantastic initiative and I think that it will enable this industry um, to bounce back much faster if we've got those sorts of protocols in place um, and um, I think we should be able to really really benefit this year um, from those staycations. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And thank you for, for mentioning quality and tourism and STAA as well. If you're watching right now, as soon as you finish watching me and Louise with our conversation, you will be able to register as part of the Short Stay Virtual Summit to hear from Deborah Heather, who is from Quality and Tourism, and Shomik Panda, who's from the STAA, where they discuss some of the issues that Louise just touched on there. So definitely make sure you're registered for those as well. Okay, Louise, what new insurable risks do you see on the horizon? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about whether or not there'll be a pandemic solution for business interruption in the future. And I think um, that that will take some time to see whether it progresses. Um, but I also wonder if there'll be um, a solution for, for cancellations as well. Um, so I think that, um, you know, obviously the industry has really suffered from widespread cancellations um, as soon as uh, the lockdown started. And I think it probably drew into focus um, the need for people to really understand their terms and conditions in a lot more detail um, and understand the protections that they, they would have in place um, with some of the booking platforms um, around cancellations. And um, I think as we as we move forwards, um, cancellations is quite an interesting one because um, you know we, we want to make sure that people feel comfortable about booking um, a holiday and they don't, you know, they're, they're not fearful that that holiday might get get, get um, closed at the last minute if there's another lockdown um, and they aren't able to take it and they aren't able to get their money back. Um, so um, certainly we've been having a look to see if there is anything that could be done there. Um, I think if, if anything was done, it might need to be more of an industry-wide uh, solution um, to cancellations. Um, but it could be that there's a, a you know a government-backed uh, a pool solution um, to looking at, at cancellations. Um, but certainly beyond um, coronavirus, I think that there um, will probably be a need for a, for a better product out there on the market to to help um, cover cancellations um, of this nature again for the future. 
Yeah, very interesting to to hear your perspective and just hear what the possibilities are moving forwards. And it's it's good to know that there's just must be so many discussions going on and just trying to figure out what what actually is going to happen and, and what's going to work moving forwards. So I guess this is going to be a changeable conversation. It's going to be an ongoing conversation. Uh, if people did want to, to keep an eye on this side of things, what is the best thing that you could do? Should they follow you on social media? Do you, do you tend to share the, the sort of situations that are, are going on across on social media? Is it best for them to head to your website? Yes, that's right. I think either or. Um, so we've got uh, our website is www.pickle.com and that's P-I-K-L.com. Um, and we also have um, a Twitter feed, which is at Pickle UK. Um, so um, uh, we do tend to post um, updates on, on our, our Twitter feed. Um, I did recently do an article for the Short Term Rentals magazine, um, which, uh, which covered some of this. So usually if there's an update in this area, we do try to, um, to do a blog or an article or something to update the industry. And, and usually um, our, our, our Twitter feed will be the place where it is. Perfect. And I'll make sure I find that article and I will share it in the short stay virtual summit Facebook group. So people that are already in the group, then I will definitely find Louise's article and share it in there. And you can, of course, follow her moving forwards. So we've had a quick look at if owners will have to take out any sort of different type of policy will cover them against their guests getting infected. We think that's probably not going to be on the cards. And it's probably not a possibility that travellers will want to insure themselves or be able to insure themselves against getting the virus. Is, is that that's right? They wouldn't really be able to do that. No, I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, the, the coronavirus um, is not something that's going to be, I think, insurable across the piece right now. Um, so I think I think it will be looking ahead for future pandemics. Um, but um, certainly it's it's kind of already a bit late for that mm, got it <laughs> yeah that makes sense okay so many hosts at the moment who are wanting to find a different way of bridging the gap between now and getting through lockdown might have changed the way that they actually bring guests into their property and they might have moved to longer term stays for that interim period whether they might have taken in key workers or someone that's having to isolate from a loved one that may be at risk how will insurances that, that have maybe been created or they might have already in place for short-term stays, what changes would they have to make to their insurance to make sure they're covered for that longer stay? Yeah, so I think this is a uh, you know, really important thing. I mean, we've talked, we've talked um, quite a lot about the pandemic and there's not much we can do in that space. Um, but actually, there's a lot of other risks um, that um, you know, hosts face. And I think it's, you know, whilst people have got the time now, um, whilst the industry is, is quiet, and um, people should really be checking through their, their T's and C's and making sure they do have the right insurance cover in place. Um, because, you know, I'd, I'd hate for anybody to have spent three or four months not being able to let their property and then they let it, let's say in July, if things lock up and then they have a big fire and then, you know, that's going to be even worse than, than the effect of a pandemic for somebody that owns that property. And that can be insured against, unlike the, uh, unlike the pandemic. Um, so, you know, I think that um, if you've got um, a short let policy at the moment um, and you decide you're going to switch to long-term lets. Um, so if you're going to give somebody an AST uh, that's more than six months, then you do need a new insurance policy. So your short let one won't cover that. You'll need a landlord insurance policy. Um, if you're doing um, short lets, um, 
and and you're just going to be doing slightly longer ones so maybe three or four months um, for an individual person you, you should be all right but you do need to change your you do need to check your terms and conditions and it depends which provider you've gone with some are more flexible than others um, so um, at pickle we've got very flexible um, product option we can switch between landlord short let mid let um, very very easily without you having to change policy we can do that on one of our flexible policies um, and equally it might be that um, at this moment in time um, you don't necessarily want to have an annual policy because you want to keep things quite flexible and see what happens um, so we um, do annual policies but we also do pay on use policies so that you can just get the right insurance for your need at that that moment in time um, and uh, you know I think uh, one of the things that you should be just checking is that you have got the right short let policy to begin with because what we know is that, that probably less than 30% of the people in the market have actually got the right insurance coverage in the first place um, so many people um, will have a home or a landlord um, or a holiday home insurance policy for short letting and those policies aren't designed um, to have um, you know short-term guests very frequently most of them uh, so holiday home for example might only be designed to really have it for, for two or three weeks a year um, home insurance actually you, you void your home insurance if you do short letting um, at all um, on that policy um, so um, you know I think that's one of the things that you know you can prevent uh, making sure that you, you're um, you know you've got you've got coverage if there is a fire if there's escape of water if your property is you know maliciously damaged by a guest or there were things stolen or even if there was a, you know an accident you know even careful gas guests have accidents yeah. um so um those things can all be insured against um and uh they are in co covered under pickles insurance policy they're not covered under every uh insurance policy out there so whilst you've got the time make sure that you've got that in place now so that you know the pandemic is is the last thing uh, last interruption to your business this year don't let anything else interrupt good good advice definitely good advice we want to make sure we're we're exactly ready to go and hit the ground running when the doors are able to be opened once more and this is a perfect time to do it as louise says so if somebody isn't quite sure if they've got exactly the right insurance best place to start come and have a chat with you have a chat with their existing insurer have a chat with their home insurer what's the best place to go um, so, so all of those, if they, if they want some help, um, we're always happy to talk. Um, we do know what's included in most insurance policies out there. We do uh, mystery shopping very frequently. Um, so it might be if you come to us and you say, oh, I'm insured with so-and-so, with we can say, oh, well, we, we know what they do. Um, but, um, but, you know, obviously always check your insurance policy that you've got. You'll have an insurance schedule and um, it'll usually tell you what's included in there. And the things that you want to look out for are malicious damage, theft um, and that's theft by by um, non-forcible entry you know because a guest you've given them your keys most of the insurance policies will say we'll only cover theft if there's if there's forcible entry to the property which which doesn't apply if you've got guests there and then you need to check things like legal liability um, and legal expenses as well because often the um, the cost of a legal claim might be covered um, but the expense the, the solicitors uh, to 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 defend that legal case might not be covered um, so those are the things that you really need to check for in those t's and c's um, so either have a look have a chat with your insurance company they'll usually be um, happy to answer those questions um, or equally give pickle a call and we'll be happy to help you as well 
Amazing. Thank you. Do you know, it's been really, really great to talk through these, these different and just new areas and things that we're going to, to have to keep an eye out for. So I very much appreciate your time, Louise, sharing your extensive knowledge in this area. So thank you very much for coming to, take, coming to have a chat with us today. Thanks very much. Happy Cheers. to be been my pleasure have a, a lovely day and hopefully i will see you at another event when the doors open i'll look forward to that all right Definitely. Thanks a lot. bye for now bye